Hello and welcome to episode 277 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food in my Lovelland garden. Today is the 7th of April 2020. Coming up a little later on, I've got a really fantastic chat with Aid and Sophie from Agents of Field. If you haven't heard of Agents of Field, they run a fantastic blog, fantastic YouTube channel and are very well known. Highly, highly recommend them. But that's coming up in just a moment. Firstly, what have I been up to today? Well, actually, I've had a really productive day. Beautiful day with the sunshine today. It's been really nice out in the garden. Now, I started off by moving some more of my plants out to the cold frame, freeing up room in my greenhouse and potting shed. Now, this is something I seem to be doing quite a bit of, but that's because I'm running out of room in all the other places. My cold frame was rather full and I have moved some of my more hardier plants to on top of my garden table just to free up some more space. Now these hardier plants would be some well some flower plants in some cases but also some parsley and coriander plants things like that that can tolerate a bit more of the colder weather and will be fine outside. And then into my cold frame from the greenhouse and the potting shed, I have moved some of my tomatoes, my aubergines, my pepper plants and many other veg plants. And that has just freed up some room in my greenhouse and my potting shed. After making a bit more room in my greenhouse, I needed to make a bit more because I wanted to pot the beds to use in the greenhouse. And that meant I needed to move some of my bigger pots out. Now, I've been gradually doing this over the last few weeks. And all I really had in that side of the greenhouse was my carrot truck, my peach tree and two potato pots. The potato pots have gone out to the cold frame. They're growing really well, actually. I probably need to mulch them with something soon, thinking about it. The peach tree is a bit difficult because that can't go in a cold frame. And I need it inside the greenhouse till about May. But what I figured I'll start doing is actually just moving it out of the greenhouse during the day and back in at night, unless it rains. Now, the reason I want to keep it in the greenhouse till May is because of a chance of peach leaf curl, which is a really nasty disease that peach trees can catch. It's caught through the rain, so I found the best way of keeping the rain off it is to move it in the greenhouse through the winter months. My carrot truck will have to stay where it is. If I try and move it, it might disturb the carrots that are growing in there. And to be honest, it's not so much of a problem where it is. But that left me with a nice little area in one of the beds in the greenhouse for me to plant up a couple of tomato plants, an aubergine plant and a sweet pepper plant. Which is great to get that bed into use and actually get something into the ground. I'm a big believer plants do better in the ground and outside it is still far too cold to plant plants out. We're probably a month away at least before things will go outside but in a greenhouse we can get away with it a bit more. After that I went to my little potting table and I potted up some of my leftover raspberry plants that were left over from yesterday. Put these into pots and that gave them a good watering and they are just hopefully going to tick over and keep going until either I need them or I can pass them on to others. And then I followed that off with pricking out some of my coral rabi, which is a brassica I believe. Now I've never grown kohlrabi before and I've never really eaten kohlrabi. I just wanted to try it. 
Well, that's what I've been up to today. But what have you been up to yourselves in your own vegetable patch or garden? Please let me know. So Agents of Field, I am absolutely stoked to get these guys on the podcast. I've been following them and heard a lot about them over the years. But to actually get them on my podcast is a great honour. So Aid and Sophie, thank you so much for joining to me today and welcome to the podcast. Hello, sir. How are you Hi. doing? Good. We're good here. We're just admiring your pot and shed. It's Podding shed. Podding shed. Podding shed. Podding shed. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of love gone into that, I can tell. Oh, yes. Yes. It's um, my second home at the moment, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's let's find out a bit about you guys and your background and where did you start before Agents of Field? Um, okay, then. We're going way back, what, 10 years now, I guess? Yeah, I guess that's when we first started trying to grow things in our back garden yeah we kind of bought an old sort of victorian house and it was in the right old state including the garden and at the time soph was the gardener not me um and so i was renovating the house and soph was buying little bits and bobs for the garden yeah i didn't i didn't know much initially but aid's dad gave us some tomato plants the first summer we were there and, and we grew them and we had some success with them and i thought oh this this is interesting i might try and grow a few other things next year so i, I bought a load of seeds for everything i just got very excited <laughs> overexcited about the whole growing thing as i'm sure a lot of people do um and and i planted all these seedlings and i was nurturing them and i was you know it was all going really well and then i had to go away with my work to hungary for five months and i was like well okay aid are you okay to look after these plants? Because I, I can't do anything with them now. I'm not going to be here. So I sort of handed him my trowel and said, over to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so no pressure. Um, I, was, I was home alone for the summer and any excuse to get out the DIY. So I kind of turned my attention to the garden, which was this sort of north-facing terraced house, um, long and thin garden. And uh, by in the summer, we kind of redesigned it broke it into three parts, as it were, and kind of totally landscaped the whole thing from scratch. And a lot of mistakes are made, I'm not going to lie, but um, no, it was a great learning curve. Um, and to go on it, we, we kind of relied at the time a lot on Alice Fowler. She yeah. had a TV show, and, and her garden was very similar to ours. And so kind of learned a lot from her, to be honest. You know, like there's things like you can grow your vegetables next to your flowers, things like that, and learn about companion planting. And all these things were all brand new to us. So um, that was a huge learning curve, wasn't it? Yes, it? I mean, for you. I mean, he did really well. He, he didn't kill any of my plants. I was very excited about that. <laughs> and I came home, there were all these, like, lovely things to eat. Um, and after that, we were thinking, well, I wonder if we can get an allotment. But But we were... On the outskirts, I mean, we weren't in London, we were on the outskirts of London, but you hear about the waiting lists in, in places like that. And we thought, OK, well, well, we'll just put our name down on on a council waiting list and, and see. We didn't have high hopes. We thought we're going to be waiting for a really long time. And um, within a few days, we had a phone call from the allotment secretary and she gave us a choice of three vacant plots. We went along, chose the one we liked best. And, yeah. and then that was that was 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, the learning curve became even steeper <laughs> <laughs> because, like so many people, take on these allotments. They're kind of left to ruin. Yeah. And again, not to try not to sound sexist, being a bloke, I can't. I like to do everything up together at once. You know, there's a great lesson learned from that: is you don't need to do everything at once. You can do bits at a time, but 
at the time, I was so obsessed and so kind of <laughs> got to get it all up together by spring. Want it looking like Monty Don's back garden. <laughs> you know, you, you, you sort of set all these goals and you kind of knacker yourself out. And you don't necessarily achieve all these things. But um, again, a great learning curve. So we learned a lot of good things, made a few mistakes. But we kind of, from early on, we kind of said, we're going to embrace our mistakes. We're going to embrace our triumphs, and that's what we've done ever since. And that was that was January two thousand and fourteen when we took on the allotment, and we decided at, at that time we were going to start a blog. We thought we can we can sort of chart our progress and and our successes and our failures. Well, you know this will be this will be a good thing. We'll do a blog as well. So the allotment and the blog all happened at the same time, and then we just became really surprised that people were reading our blog because we didn't think anyone except our mums would be interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember at the time you sort of seemed to come out of nowhere with your blog. It was all over the place very, very quickly. I remember... Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of, my attitude, maybe it wasn't strictly, you know, gardening blog because being a film geek, being into TV, being a film editor, I kind of had those influences going on. And often Soph would read these things and go, that's not garden related. <laughs> I'd be like, it made me chuckle. <laughs> so we kind of, I guess we found our own little sort of way of doing things. And, you know, the blog was, you know, it, it was it was a lot of um, what made us smile, what, you know, what we took pleasure from. And, and then, you know, thankfully people out there kind of embraced it and it kind of just went from strength to strength. Now, I'm guessing your association with TV and film is where you got the name Agents of Field from. I can't take any credit for that. That's so... Oh. It's really weird, though, because I've never actually seen an episode of Agents of Shield. But I knew, obviously, I knew it was on, and we were trying to come up with a clever sort of catchy name, and, and there was a lot of... I, I was seeing a lot of trailers for it at the time. We we, um, we started our blog, and, and I thought, oh, well, Agent, Agents of Field, that, that sort of works, and we're kind of, you know, doing our bit for the planet. Yeah. We're, we're almost superheroes, not quite really by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to lie. I've always, I've always wanted to be Batman. The chance to be an agent aide, that'll do. I'll, I'll take that. I'm happy to take that. Oh, is this getting into the whole Marvel versus DC debate now? Oh, no. Don't, yeah, don't. I think that's a podcast for another time. Cause... Yeah. 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 yeah that's, a, that's a very uh, tough one to decide. Yeah. <laughs> Since since the beginnings, you've actually moved house and started a fresh garden, haven't you? Yeah, we've kind of basically had a whole life switch. Yeah, um, only only a year and a half ago, actually, we're still we're still finding our feet very much. Um, but yeah, we just decided to leave the city and move to the middle of nowhere. And yes, and yeah, I've I've given up my television career. Soph's given up a film career. We've started businesses out here. We've, we're renovating another house from scratch. We're building a garden from scratch. And we kind of thought, you know, if you're going to do it, let's do it all in one go. How easy was it leaving your old garden and your old allotment to start afresh? Honestly, leaving the allotment, I did shed a tear. And the garden. And I remember having a conversation with Richard from Pod um, from the blog Sharpen Your Spades. Yeah. Um, he remember he said something about it, um, and it is gut wrenching. You, you wouldn't think it, but it is you know more so the garden because that was a journey where we moved into the house and I saw you know building it, you know creating these beds, creating all these sort of wonderful weird places in the garden. Um, 
the, the allotment as well. But the allotment, yeah. The, the, I know the garden. I, I I can understand why I was so emotional, but I didn't think I would be so emotional with the allotment as I was. Um, and I remember I did a little video, my last time on the allotment. And yeah, I did. I did shed a little tear. It's kind of bizarre because you, you think all the time and effort you've put into this little piece of land, you've nurtured it, you've brought in wildlife, you know, pollinators, you've made uh, friends on the allotment, you know, everyone's sort of, you know, do you want this plant? I'll give you this. You know, you build these sort of little relationships and you get to know that plot of land inside and out, you know, all the pros, the cons, what grows well, what struggles, what you need to do next season. And in those few years, you know, it is, it's your little refuge, you know, because it's not just the gardening, but it was a place for me personally, coming out of London, I'd run to the allotment just for a bit of peace or quiet, just to, you know, for, you know, just to refresh your mind, you know, to hit the off switch and just get, you know, a bit of perspective. So this place was you know, kind of my sort of... Sanctuary. Yeah, my, my fortress of solitude. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'd go to. So, and I made this sort of bench out of a wooden uh, pallet. And I was sad to say goodbye to that because I left that as well. Because I thought whoever's going to come in next, I want to give them a head start. Mm -hmm. So I left them a few things, and, you know, because I didn't want to strip it out like you know when we took it on it was it was barren it was, you know i want to leave the next person with a few bits and bobs to get going but the hardest bit was saying goodbye to the bench <laughs> it's amazing like you say it's a sanctuary it's more than a garden it's more than an allotment when it gets so involved yeah, in that absolutely absolutely and you know coming to gardening you know quite late slightly naive and then you, know, you hear all these things like well-being Mm -hmm. which didn't, to be honest, didn't mean much to me. But when you take on a space and you realise it's just not about the gardening, it's about being still, about, you know, your state of mind, just being in that moment, you start, start to understand much more to what an allotment can do for someone. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just about the veg and the fruit. There's a lot more going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. How about you, Saif? What was it like leaving your old garden and allotment? Oh, it was really sad because we we had obviously been on this huge journey and we were very excited um, for for what the next chapter was going to hold in store for us. But it was it was very upsetting. Um, but we did take a lot of plants from the garden, a lot of plants. I mean, the removal man was kind of horrified when he turned up with his truck and most of it went on plants. <laughs> we, 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 we actually had to get a bigger truck for the plants. I kid you. We had to get a bigger truck for the pot and the plants. Yeah. So yeah, we we took we've got a lot of lovely little things in our garden now that we go. Oh, do you remember that? I used to climb up that bit of the garden. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. So so we we did we did we've brought a lot of it with us. So that that's nice. Ten years in, what has been yeah. your biggest learning curves? Or I, I know you referenced mistakes earlier, and I've always said the biggest or the best thing you can do is learn from your mistakes. Absolutely. So don't be Absolutely. afraid of making mistakes. Yeah, um, I think early on. Because, you know, you, I mean, gardening's always been in my family. My dad, bless him, he was a fantastic gardener. Um, but when you sort of do it on your own, you, you need reference points. And quite often, you know, you go to magazines, you know, you go to Gardener's World, you know, you go to all these sort of, these big sort of, um, what do I say, big pillars. Yeah. But you, you, you look at a magazine and you see these perfect-looking gardens, these perfect-looking vegetables, and then you grow it, and it doesn't look anything like that. And it's like that's okay. It's not meant to look like that. I mean, they've got research teams, they have netting, they pull it back, they set the light the way it should be. Um, you're on your allotment on your own doing what you can when you're not working, when you're not, you know, got families, other commitments. 
So that was a, that was early on. I kind of learned you don't need to be like Monty, right? <laughs> you can still have your carrots, you can have your parsnips. They'll they'll look a bit wonky, but they'll taste beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, once I kind of made that switch, it it kind of opened doors in my head. If that makes sense, it just you know. Mm. You, it gives you that bit more for me it gave me that bit more confidence to try different things um and not try and compare yeah. to what's going on in the magazines and the tv shows and sometimes you strike strike gold and it looks your onions look just like what Mon- monty's pulled out the ground and that's a lovely moment but the reality is for most of us like i said we have jobs we have families we don't have you can't be on the, the allotment 24 7 no. although i'd like to be but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh... Monty Don has a team of people behind him helping him as well. And... Yeah, yeah, of course. And and they should because they're trying to make the show as best as possible yeah. and entice new gardeners and show the old time gardeners, I guess, look, this is what's going on in my garden. You know, and it's I can't it's not me knocking it in any shape or form. No. It's just understanding, you know, the process and what I can do in my own allotment, um, with the time I've got. Um so that was a, I, early on in the piece, that's what I kinda learned was like Ah, okay, I understand now. Which is why I said, you know, earlier on, you know, I've made a point of embracing my triumphs and embracing my mistakes Mm. because they go hand in hand and that's how you learn. Yeah. And keep an open mind, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about you, Sophie? Well, I think I learned that it's really um, important to just grow what you eat, which is a really obvious thing. But I think when we were first sort of getting into the allotment there there was one summer where everyone were talking about cucumelons they were the biggest thing everyone were growing them and we were like oh excellent we'll grow some cucumelons and we grew them and they were just yeah we had a few <laughs> we've had a few yeah. we've had a few things where we've tried i mean it's always good to try new things but you know grow the grow the things that you eat a lot of you can't beat your potatoes you know onions and garlic i use so much in the kitchen all the time um, I never seem to have enough onion and garlic. Yeah, yeah always. Obviously, it's good to try new things, but but make sure you grow the things that you eat. Yeah. Otherwise, you're left with all this stuff that you don't need. And cucumelons were a massive disappointment for me. <laughs> <laughs> they were for me as well. And I, I remember that very year you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in the polytunnel when I took the first harvest and I was trying them before I brought home and I was like, oh, is that it? Am I missing something? I mean, it wasn't that they were unpleasant. They were just a bit... Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But again, if you don't try, you're not going to know, so... Maybe we didn't grow them properly. Yeah. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I remember I I tried cucumelons for several years running, and I bit into them, and I just kind of thought, okay, yeah, they taste a bit like melon, I suppose, but... Nothing. I remember someone saying, "Oh, you should put them in gin." I don't yeah. drink, so that doesn't work. No, I, I, I don't know. So apparently, you know, they go well in gin and tonic. So if anyone like, wants a gin and an excuse for gin and tonic, grow cucumelons. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I, I'll persuade the wife to try that if I grow them again. Then. <laughs> now, I get the impression, Sophie, you're the cook in the house. Mm, yes, I am. Because initially, the the gardening was very much my thing, and then I had to go away, obviously, and Abe was looking after the plants, and he just took to it and was so much better at it than I was that I've since then left him to do the gardening and and he loves it so much so that's not a problem whereas Abe's not so keen on cooking but I love cooking so Mm -hmm. it's really wonderful to have all this fresh produce coming off the 
the veg plot and, I, and I'm experimenting with it and seeing what I can make with it. That's that's where my sort of interest lies now. Fantastic. So is there one recipe that you really, really love from your homegrown produce? <laughs> um, gosh. Well, we had one the other night. Which one's that? Risotto. The pumpkin risotto. Yeah, yeah I, there's a nice pumpkin risotto I make. Um, we've still got a couple of pumpkins in, in storage, um, which we're very thankful for at the moment as we try to avoid going to the supermarket during the lockdown. And there's a lovely sort of roast pumpkin recipe that I've been cooking for a while now. And it's what, yeah, it's one of your favourites, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But also another thing um, I think is really good is homemade pesto. Mm. But in the sense of whatever greenery you've got you know you can turn it into homemade pesto um we put a video out on twitter just last week that um it's stinging nettle season at the moment and stinging nettles make a wonderful pesto but then so do beetroot tops um so does spinach there's there's so many things that once you bash it up with a bit of oil and garlic and pine nuts and parmesan it's just delicious with pasta so homemade pestos are a are a big thing for me mm. Mm, lovely, lovely. Now it's funny you say pumpkin risotto because guess what I'm cooking tonight? Pumpkin Are risotto. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pumpkins you've grown from last year. Yeah, yeah. My last one. I was really glad. and looking forward to it. Um, own onions, own shallots, sorry, and own gar garlic. So fantastic. Oh, be... we ran out of our onions and garlic a couple of months ago. So, um, so I'm very envious. You've still got some in storage. Just about. We're going to be running out <laughs> soon, but. I've got a plan for that. Oh, wonderful. Is, is that recipe on your website? I don't think it is, actually. No, it's not. I need I need to get it up on the web, on the website. Yeah. Um, but yes, you just sort of dice it and, and cover it in oil, salt and pepper and, and sage, if you've got some, and then roast it for 20 minutes while you get the risotto going, um, the onions and the garlic and the rice and the stock. And then um, I sort of mash half the pumpkin once the risotto is nearly ready, put that into the rice, mix it all up so it turns it a lovely orange colour, and then um, and then I serve it up and sprinkle the remainder of the diced pumpkin on top, and, and that's how we eat it, and it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, I will try that way tonight and let you know how I uh, how it turns out. With your with your newer garden, have you yeah. found it completely different to your older garden? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Because when we came to look at the house coming up to two years ago. Yeah, it was coming up to two years ago. It was, it, it, it was just a blank canvas. It, it was no love put into it. There was, it was just a lot of half-dead uh, fir conifers at the, bottom of the gar at the bottom of the garden. And it was a lawn and a lot of shadow. And uh, I, I remember looking at it going, I can do something with this. I can do something with this. And then all the way through the process of making the offer of the house and buying the house, Soph would say, are you sure that garden's going to be all right? Are you sure that garden's going to be all right? But for some reason, in my head, I knew exactly what I w I'd like to, you know, like to do to the garden and have done to the garden. Um, but yeah, it's been completely different because where before we were in a, a terraced house north facing, um, now we've got this very kind of wide garden, which just is so much sunlight that we see so much sunlight. Yeah, it's southwest facing, which is really a big improvement on a north facing yeah. city garden because there's like north facing garden you can grow a lot but you have to sort of think about it a bit more you know like mm. pots are a great ally you know because you, it, they can chase the sun you can move them around like growing sunflowers in the north facing garden i would have to grow them so high before i could plant them 
um, because they wouldn't... The shadow of the house. The shadow yeah. of the house, they wouldn't see the sun. Yeah. But um, now I can just almost put a seed in, wait for the thing to pop up and put it out in the garden because there's so much sun and warmth and it's just a fantastic microclimate. And so it's kind of like, for me, I've gone on holiday as a gardener because all these things I, I worked so hard to grow before. Yeah. Not I'm trying to, you know, jinx or you know, be ungrateful. They've become so much easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. it makes perfect sense. I've, I've always found it amazing when I've gardened in like my parents' garden, I could grow everything in there. Then I've moved to my old house, nothing grew. And now right. here, I'm still sort of learning how to work because I've got a very hard clay soil here. Right. I'm still oh, okay. learning how to work with that. Yeah, we've got a heavy soil as well. Yeah. Really clay, yeah. Which is why, I, it's one of the reasons why I ended up doing raised beds in the kitchen garden. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they do make life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally I would like to do a, a tour of your kitchen garden, but with this current lockdown, it's uh, yeah. not quite possible. But can you describe it for the listener, what is going on in your kitchen garden? Yeah, it's well, when I, in my... I, put it together in my head because that's the thing I didn't draw anything I didn't create any blueprint it was all in, in my head which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing but I knew exactly the layout so it's a combination of old and new mm -hmm. so the outskirts is surrounded by um, hazel fencing it's got a double uh, gate hazel and an arch and you walk in and then you're greeted with several metal raised beds on either side um, and then the kind of creamy colour, and then you walk further down, and then I've got six timber raised beds, and all the the outside of the garden, all the timber, or anything, it's all painted black. The greenhouse is black, and the shed is black and white. So I wanted to give that contrast of sort of old and modern, and trying to work it together. Mm -hmm. um, the path is shingle, and uh, underneath the path, I didn't want to dig a, a, like a sub-base of concrete and rubble. I didn't want to sort of make that sort of footprint. So what I've got is this material that is um, biodegradable, and it's like a honeycomb. And right. you, you, you sit it, and you fill it with gravel, and it, it's, it's a base, it, you know, it's a base, which means at some point, if we decided to move or change the garden, I can dig it out, and I don't leave a permanent lump of concrete as it were yeah. and where did you get that idea from where did i get an idea wasn't that woven wasn't it oh that was woven <laughs> sorry yes and i got the idea from this lovely uh, chap who's become a friend of ours martin martin towsey over at woven abbey he's the sort of head gardener manager <laughs> and he uses this material outside the elephant enclosure, enclosure. <laughs> so it gives you an idea of the sort of weight that it can do it can handle um and because we do some work with woven, you see, and um, last summer I was sort of talking about ideas and Martin s suggested this. Um, so thanks, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look into that because like, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, there's a name for it. I'm, I can't think what it's called now. Um, but all as many of the materials that went into the kitchen garden, we tried to source locally. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want to go too far. We didn't want to create a massive sort of uh, carbon footprint. We tried to do everything locally. So again, going back to my hazel fences and my hazel gates and the arches, uh, there's a chap who lives down the road who's got a hazel uh, coppice farm and he kind of makes materials, you know, he makes gates, he does all that. So I kind of gave him the measurements and my ideas and he, he kind of sort of uh, created it, handed it to me and then I had to bolt it all together as it were. Um, 
so yeah that, that was a thinking behind the, the kitchen garden keep it locally sourced yeah yeah I mean, i've seen it on videos and it looks incredibly idyllic and very very artistic Oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's a lovely Yeah, and as and like allotment, as I quickly found out, it's it's really good for the soul. It's a real nice place just to, if you're not gardening, just to be in, just to sit and be still. If that makes sense. Yeah, so. yeah, it makes sense to me anyway. But then I'm out there every day doing what I can. Yeah. So. Do you have a bench in your garden? Um, I've got several garden seats that I move around okay. where I Do you have a specific, them. only reason I ask, do you have a, a specific place in your garden where you just go, <sighs> Yeah. Uh, I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's next to my barbecue sort of thing, because I love my barbecue. Um, and I've no, got okay. a, a huge, I mean, I've got seven barbecues in total in my garden, but I've got a huge one, which is my main one. And just next to that, especially if I've got a couple of burgers on the go or something, just sat yeah. there and I can see the whole garden from that yeah, one yeah. view. Yeah, because yeah. um, that's the thing else I would say to a, a gardener or a gardener, if there's someone thinking about gardening, find your throne. Yeah. <laughs> find your throne. Just not necessarily to do any gardening, just to be still, just to look back at what you've created, what you're growing. Just find find your little bit of space. It can you know it could be a tree trunk, it could be a chair, whatever. Just find your little little bit of sanctuary. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I've um. I've had a lot of new gardeners come and join me lately, and they're asking quite a lot of questions. What advice would you give anybody who's new to gardening? New to gardening? Okay. Um, I think for everyone it's different. You know, it's like the basic things like time constraints, commitments, mm. those sort of things. You know, what what is it you want to grow? What is it you like to eat? Um, and just have those sort of things in the back of your head because um, then you kind of quickly work out, well, I can only go to allotment once a week. I like to eat potatoes and onions. They're easy crops. I don't need to be there all the time. You know, it's things like that. You just have those sort of things in the back of your head because you will, you know, if you do take up the hoe and you find you love gardening, you want to be doing it a lot more than once, once a week, twice a week. So, um, yeah, start small, I think, and then build and build and build. Yeah, yeah, good advice. What about you, Sophie? Anything you want to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the lesson we learned again about growing what you like. Don't yeah. don't be sort of seduced into buying all these exotic things if they're going <laughs> to take an awful lot of your time and you don't really have the skills to to grow them. Just you, just try the basics, the basic things that that everybody needs in the kitchen, and and you know, and and herbs are a really good thing as well. They're very low maintenance and they're so useful. Um, so I'd I'd recommend herbs definitely. Hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Now, is there one plant that you absolutely have to grow? One plant? Oh, uh, what, vegetable or flower or both? Um, or? Both. I'll open it up to both. Okay. Do you want to go? I'm thinking. I'm still thinking. Um, probably, oh, I mean, I don't grow it because Aid does all the growing now, but <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to survive without garlic. I mean, garlic is so important. We eat it every day. <laughs> I just have to have a supply of it. It's really annoying because our garlic supplies run out quite recently, mm. so I'm having to buy it now. So we need to pl- we need to plant extra garlic. This yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing about a kitchen garden. And like an allotment, you have because well, I've got raised beds, mm-hmm. space is limited. Where for an allotment, oodles of land, I could just yeah. plant, plant, plant. Of course, the flip side to that is gluts, but that's <laughs> another another subject. But yeah, you've got to be a bit more sort of 
forward thinking when it comes to our kitchen garden. Um, but yeah, uh, what would I grow? My favourite thing. Flower-wise, foxglove. I absolutely love foxglove. Um, and plant, because I know you're a big fan of the chilli, I love tomatoes. Right. You know, I love all the, t- you know, tomatoes. That I'd love to, I know a lot of people don't, but I love the smell of tomatoes, you know, on the, on the vine, all that kind yeah. of thing. Because um, to me, that's summer. That is summer, yes. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah. walk, you walk into your greenhouse or your polytunnel first thing in the morning and you, and you get that heat and you open it and that smell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To me, tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a little uh, little story. That smell of tomatoes that you're talking about in the greenhouse always yeah. takes me back to my granddad's greenhouse because it's always really? smelled of that. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, and as soon as you talk about, oh, I, I smell that smell. I'm just transported back to there, so yeah. yeah, you know, summer's arrived yeah, once, yeah. once you've got that exactly. Because yeah. I was saying, because I had that with my my dad. I remember as a kid, I mean, he had his uh, allotment, his hat. He had these big sort of shovel hands, and he used to smell tomatoes. Yeah. So it kind of yeah, it's, an, it's, it's as well as it's a lovely thing to grow. It's quite nostalgic as well for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, well, if anybody wants to find out more about you, where can they go find more? Our blog is agentsoffield.com, um, and so is everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Agents of Field, Twitter, yeah, Instagram, Instagram, yeah, all the usual social channels. I think YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah, we do do videos. Um, sometimes they come with humour, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah, we have a unique t- t- uh, turn on, on some <laughs> video making. We do, um, but. Why not? You know, every, you know, I think there's room for everyone, so let's give it a go. Yeah. 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 Well, I highly recommend going out and checking these guys out because their content is absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast today, guys. It's been great to have you. And oh, thank you, thank you ever so much. Really enjoyed Richard. it. Yeah. And hopefully once coronavirus is all over, we'll be able to meet up and have a, a proper tour of your garden. Definitely. Definitely. Come absolutely. up, Come up and, and smell the tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for that, Aidan Sophie. A really great interview, and I hope you enjoyed that if you're listening at home. I really do urge you to go and check out what they do. They are making some really awesome content. Well, that's it for today. Now, as always, if you've enjoyed this podcast or want to get in touch, you can email me, richard at uk. You can leave a comment on the blog post at uk, or you can find me on social. But for today, please take care and I'll see you again next time.